0: Welcome, everybody, to the Believe in the Colorado Buffaloes podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Howell, the CU Buffs beat writer for the Boulder Daily Camera and BuffZone.com. You know, the hit, the hits just keep on coming for the Colorado Buffaloes, who are now 0-4, and uh, it just looks hopeless uh, at this point. Uh, you know, last week was a 45-17 loss at home to UCLA in the Pac-12 opener. A good but not great UCLA team, uh, and it was never really close. I mean, the Buffs were, you know, out of the early, and uh, and just never really competitive, which has been the case for much of the season so far. And you know, as I reported earlier this week, CU is the first Power Five team in 65 years to open a season with four consecutive losses by 25 points or less. The last team to do it was uh, Indiana in 1957. Um, now here's some hope for CU. Is that uh, that Indiana team did win its Week Five game, uh, but still finished one and eight. But there's some hope. So the last team to do it, you know, won their their fifth game. So the Buffs could do it. Um, yeah, there's only been uh, two Power Five teams ever that have started with five consecutive losses by 25 points. Or less, uh, the last one being Virginia Tech in 1950. UCLA also did it in 1921. So the Buffs trying to avoid uh, that little uh, nugget of history, um, you know, this week, you know, they've got week, uh, they've got Arizona this week. They travel down to Tucson to face the two and two Wildcats. Arizona coming off of a, a 49-31 loss at Cal, yet is still. 17 and a half point favorite against the Buffs. So uh, that tells you, you know, how the odds makers feel about the Buffs at this point, more than anything. Um, Arizona had been the underdog in its previous 13 games and hasn't been this big of a favorite in a conference game since 2017 against Oregon State. So, uh, you know, it doesn't look good for, for CU. Uh, the Buffs have been a double digit underdog every week this season and they have yet to cover the spread. Uh, so, We'll see if they they can cover it this week, but you can check out all the odds on Bet Online. You know, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including major league baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe fifty. That's B L E A V fifty to receive your fifty percent uh, welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, it's where the game starts. So let's kind of start off, uh, you know, with the main area of focus around this team, which is, you know, can Carl Durrell, uh, the head coach of the Buffalo, survive this? You know, the, this is a tough stretch, obviously. You know, the Buffs um, 0-4, but it goes well beyond this. You know, uh, Carl Durrell hired in 2020. The pandemic hits. And then they start 4-0 in that pandemic-shortened year. Uh, that 4-0 start winds up um, – you know, landing him coach of the year honors in the Pac-12, uh, it was good enough to help them finish four and one in the regular season and land a spot in the Alamo Bowl, only the second bowl game they've had uh, since 2007. Uh, but since then, since that four and zero start, they're four and fourteen. Thirteen of those fourteen losses by fifteen or more points, and the only close game really uh, was the ten to seven loss to Texas A&M last year. Um, that. You know, A&M was a much better team. You know, props to the Buffs. They played well, uh, well enough to be in the game and, and probably should have finished it. But that's the only close loss uh, that Carl Durrell's had um, in the last 18 games uh, that he's that he's coached here. So, um, you know, fans obviously want him gone. And uh, there, there's a lot of factors involved with that. You know, one thing I can tell you is in the last couple of weeks, I have spoken with uh, the university president, Todd Solomon. I've talked to Chancellor Phil Stefano, and I've talked to Athletic Director Rick George. And I can tell you that all three of these guys are extremely frustrated, not happy with what's going on with football. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do. Uh, there was no indication as to what, what's going to happen, but I can tell you uh, these guys are extremely frustrated. And uh, there's no question that this team better start winning if uh, if Carl Durrell wants to keep his job. Now, uh, there is a, a pretty high price uh, if they're going to get rid of him. Uh, you know, Carl Durrell has two years left on his contract after this season, and uh, you know there's some there's some chatter this week. Obviously, if if they lose down in Tucson, especially if it's another blowout loss, uh, do you get rid of Carl Durrell at this point? I think it's possible. Um, you know, at that point, you know the price tag is is pretty high. I mean, the bottom line is Carl Durrell is entitled. To whatever's left on his contract, which right now is about 8.7 million, so he's owed 7.8 million uh, over the next two seasons, and he's got about a quarter of this of this year left uh, on his deal, so about 900 grand. So put that together, it's about 8.7 million. Now keep in mind that it, when you fire the head coach, you're also essentially firing uh, your coaching staff. Um, some of those guys could come back. Who knows? Uh, but when you add up what those guys are owed, uh, you know, most of those coaches, you know, running backs coach, Darian Hagan is at will. So he's not under contract, but the other, uh, other nine, uh, assistant coaches are all under contract through at least the 2023 season. Mike Sanford, the offensive coordinator, uh, through the 2024 season. Um, and each of those guys, uh, their, their contract states that, uh, they can get, uh, 80%, uh, remaining of what's left on their contract. So, um, let, let, let's just, for some math purposes, let's say the bus fire, Carl Durrell, after this week. Um, you know, you probably keep the rest of the staff throughout the season. Uh, and let's say at the end of the season, uh, they're let go sometime in December. Um, roughly with my math, that final total is about $13 million of what CU would have to pay. Uh, the, the buyout total, I guess, as $13 million. That's a pretty hefty price, but let's keep in mind that that is the maximum, and that's not necessarily what CU would have to pay to get rid of uh, this coaching staff. That's the maximum. Uh, so in all of their contracts, there is, uh, you know, clauses in there that um, if these guys get uh, coaching jobs, that would offset what CU owes them, and. You know, these are all good coaches. You know, I I know Steve fans might argue with that, but they're all good coaches. Even Carl Durrell is a good football coach. He's just not working out here right now. Um, You know, he was a longtime receivers coach in the NFL. I think he could definitely go back and be a receivers coach in the NFL um, if things, uh, you know, fall out and and he doesn't last here at Colorado. So I I think that he could definitely get a job. I think that. you know, all these coaches are probably going to land somewhere. And so that $13 million, uh, it's a high number, but again, that's the max. And if you start talking about, you know, coaches that are getting jobs uh, next year, now that number is going to drop dramatically. Uh, and there's also, you know, you got to keep in mind that. You know, CU's got a couple years to pay off Carl Durrell, so, that, so it's not like they're going to be writing a, a big check. They got to come with with money right away. So there are things that mitigate that cost. Uh, there's ways of getting around it. The way it was told to me by someone uh, was absolutely money is a factor in in this whole decision, but it's not the only factor. So yeah, that might uh, that might lead to them holding on to Carl Durrell a little bit longer, but you know, it's also not something that uh, is gonna prevent them from making a change um, if they believe uh, it's the very best thing uh, to just move on from Carl Durrell um, for me I, you know I, I get along with Carl I like Carl I think he's a good man but I think we're at that point that you know if they keep getting blown out you just have to admit this is not working out and uh, and I think it is at that point time, to move on from Carl Durrell. And, you know, I think that this game in Tucson is a huge one uh, for Carl Durrell if he's going to hang on to his job much longer. You know, Arizona is better than a year ago, but it's still not a great team. And uh, this is definitely one of CU's better chances uh, to win despite the spread. I mean, they beat this Arizona team 34 nothing last year. I shouldn't say this Arizona team because it is a different team. But they beat Arizona 34 nothing at home last year. Now, Arizona is different. You know, they've, they've certainly added some nice pieces. Jaden Delora, the quarterback transfer from Washington State, has had a, a really nice season. Jacob Cowing, uh, the receiver transfer from UTEP, is uh, is playing exceptional football right now. And, uh, and they're playing pretty good offensively. Defensively, not so much, but, uh, you know, this is still a better Arizona team. Despite all that, this is you know like i said want to see us better chances to get a victory and uh, you know Carl Durrell uh, earlier this week talked about this matchup and in uh, this game and trying to keep everybody's heads in it uh, throughout a tough start
1: we're we're always hopeful we're always you know we're building this this game plan to win you know we're building this game plan to going down there and have success and and play well so it's probably encompassing all of those things you know in our minds yes we we've beaten this team in the last couple of years but that's those years don't matter anymore cuz this team's a different team than previous teams, so you know we we feel we have uh, a great you know great plan going into this thing as of today. You know I know we're working on our first and second down planning, um, and we feel we we have what it takes to win. We do our players feel that way. Our our coaches do. You know collectively we're going to work hard to, to kind of keep ourselves staying in the process and and feeling like you know if we do that, well this will eventually turn you know to our favor.
2: Are you- Plotted the guys' uh, attitude and enthusiasm uh, throughout this tough start. You know, as, as losses kind of keep piling up, has that become more difficult at all for you and your staff to, to get that energy and enthusiasm
1: out of them? No, because you know we're very truthful, and you know our our, our our Sundays when we dissect and diagnose the game, we we really go through every detail, the good, the bad, and and really we're trying to build off of the things we've done well and trying to build some consistency, some in our execution, so that our production is better. And they see that when they're doing things right, it looks really good. When they're someone's missing an assignment, and, they, and the the offense catches it, particularly if it's a defensive issue, it's it's a big play. So, you know, we felt five plays were the result of twenty-eight points last week. You know, five plays, and you know, we we know what they are. It's the missed tackles. It's a you know, we're we're not we're, we're a little thin up front where balls are pushing through there quickly, getting to our safety, and we're not making, making those plays. So we have a lot of things to clean up, but we feel we're very capable, very, very capable of cleaning those things up and really shoring our, ourselves up. So there's a lot of motivation and really about getting it right. Those, that's more of the attitude right now. Um, when you point out, point out factors like that in a meeting setting, they see the good and they see the things that they're not doing so well. And we attack those things. They, they understand that that's to be a good team. You have to do a lot of things well consistently. And that's why you end up winning. So we're trying to get out of that, that mold of, of creating a better consistency on everything that we're doing.
0: Well, at this point, I would say that the main reason for hope with this, but with this Buffalo's team is that they may have figured out the quarterback situation. And I say may have, because uh, we've only seen one start for Owen McCown at this point And, uh, it was a little shaky. It was uh, some a little bit of promising uh, football, but it was a little shaky. Uh, you know, the true freshman uh, from Rusk, Texas, uh, pretty solid overall against UCLA. Uh, Twenty-six of forty-two for two hundred and fifty-eight yards, a touchdown and an interception. He also ran for a score, but lost a fumble. So both of his turnovers were costly. He um, was uh, he was sacked five times and uh, and honestly he weighs 175 pounds and if they're not going to protect him, then, uh, you know, he's not going to last long. And then you're back to, you know, JT shroud or Brendan Lewis, and you're back to a quarterback carousel. So, um, we'll see how long this lasts with Owen McCown. I do like his talent a lot. I think he's, uh, he's got a pretty high football IQ. Um, I love his playmaking ability. Um, I do worry about his size and, uh, you know, making freshman mistakes like we saw last week, but, um, you know, we got a chance to chat with, uh, with Owen this week and, um, a little bit surprising because it's the first time we have talked to, um, any quarterback whatsoever since day one of fall camp on like August 2nd. Uh, they gave us, uh, the other four scholarship quarterbacks not owen because he was a newcomer but they gave us brendan lewis jt shroud drew carter and maddox cop uh, we talked to all of them on day one no quarterback since then so it was nice to talk to owen mccown and uh you know here's audio from uh the entire uh, media scrum uh, with owen mccown this week all right well, so how did it feel uh you know getting that first start and uh, you kind of Feeling like you're back in high school in some ways.
3: Yeah, um, I wasn't surprisingly. I wasn't that nervous. More and more excitement. Um, obviously, wish I wish I would have played better and wish we would came out with the win. But um, overall, it was an exciting first start.
2: When did you find out you were going to start against UCLA?
3: <clears throat> yeah, uh, beginning of the week, coach uh, brought me in um, that Sunday um, and uh, just told me the plan. And I was ready to go. Going into the season, do you, did you anticipate having the starting role this quickly? Um, not not necessarily, but I mean. Uh, Coach Sanford always said to all, all of us quarterbacks, be ready um, to preparation and stuff like that. Going back a week earlier, you know,
0: Minnesota game obviously didn't go very well, and you you were thrown in there the last few minutes. Yep. Uh, what were your emotions as you you know, got to take your first snaps? Yeah, that
3: day? I th- yeah. I think like I said, uh, just got to be ready. You never know, never know. We can get pulled in there, and um, obviously got in there and uh, thought it went good.
2: Uh, Coach Durrell just yesterday said, you know, even though you came in late, that you you've picked up things, and you know they're not needing to dumb things down for you or anything like that. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like you've got a full grasp of the offense and everything you need to do? Yeah, I do.
3: Um, I think I really came in and really pushed myself hard to really, you know, me being a guy that came in in the summer later and not graduating early to really catch myself up and uh, prepare myself. You're obviously pretty close with your dad.
0: Uh, How much have you talked to him uh, throughout these last uh, week week and a half, two weeks?
3: Yeah, uh, he he came to the game last uh, Saturday, and uh, it was good. A lot of family there. It It was good to be around him.
2: Now what was that transition like when you got here in the summer? How how much pressure did you put on yourself to learn the offense quickly and just kinda get adjusted to things?
3: Yeah, I think uh it was. I mean, it wasn't really wasn't that bad. I think, like you said, just just push myself hard um, every day to, to learn it and uh, stay ready.
2: What's it been like working with some of the receivers that are in your fellow class? Obviously, Chase is a little banged up, but you know, your three touchdown pass to Jordan, you guys seem to have a pretty good rapport already through a couple weeks.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Chase and Jordan. Those are two guys I room with early in the summer, and I think we really kind of day by day push ourselves um, as a group, and uh, not only those two, but other guys in my class really push ourselves to uh, to be better. The physicality of the game, an eye opener, all for you on Saturday. Uh, not really. I mean, obviously a little, little uh, underweight, but um, I mean, not really. I thought I thought I felt fine.
2: Bouncing back from those hits, do you think that showed some, your teammates
0: something?
3: Yeah, uh, I, 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 probably so. I mean, um, you know, Dad always said whenever you get knocked down, just get back up. So I think that's just that's kind of the mentality I've had um, my whole life.
2: What was the fan reception like? Because obviously you got a little bit of cheer when you are announcing the big board. What was that kind of like for you, just kind of hearing that as you're being announced as starter? Yeah, the
3: team kind of hyped me up. I tried not to listen to it too much, and obviously about ready to play a game, so I just want to calm down and get ready what's been the rapport like with
0: JT and Brendan who obviously battled all off season and, and now you've, you know, gone ahead of them.
3: Yeah, they've been awesome. Just, um, they've, they both came to me in any way they could help me. They said, um, they want to do it. So I think they've been, they've really been awesome. What's how, your much relationship that, up, so how much does that mean to you that yeah, you know, means those guys, cause they could have gone the other way, right? It like means a ton, um, uh, means a ton, especially that, that they want to help me, um, this quick of a turnaround around really means a lot.
2: What's been like working with Coach Sanford? Because obviously he was hired after you had already committed and signed. How has your kind of relationship with him progressed and kind of learning uh, this offense? Yeah,
3: Coach Sanford's been amazing. Um, like I said, with, with JT and Brandon, anything I need, um, he's, he's there. Um, same with Coach Dotson. What are your thoughts on this Arizona defense as you've watched film? Yeah, I think we can get after him. Um, I think we showed a little improvement um, last week against uh, UCLA, but I think the goal is, goal is really come out with the win.
2: How's the offensive line adjusted? Because obviously it is a little bit different going from two right-handed quarterbacks to a left-handed quarterback. How have they kind of adjusted in
3: practice? Yeah. You? Um, I think every, every one of them came up to me and said, we got your back. And that, that's really been encouraging, really calmed me down. And um, just they've all told me to just be me. All
0: right. So that was Owen McCown, uh, the Buffs' new starting quarterback. And uh, I do like this kid. You know, I had a chance to uh, talk with him during the recruiting process. You know, his father obviously is Josh McCown, who – Uh, played in the NFL uh, for about 18 years with a variety of teams and um, talked to him throughout that process as well. A really good guy. And, um, you know, he was not the overbearing parent that you might think he definitely was, was hands off unless Owen asked for the help. Owen did often ask for the help, but, um, he let him grow and develop on his own as much as possible. And I think that shows I think there's some maturity to Owen McCown. Um, I, I think he's gonna be a really good player here. Now, uh, Can the Buffs and Owen McCown win this week uh, and save Carl Durrell's job? I think they could. I think they're very capable of it. Uh, And and part of it is I don't think this Arizona team is great. Uh, However, I I don't see it this week. I think Arizona is still a better football team. Um, I do think that McCown is going to lead them to a better day offensively. I think the defense will play a bit better. Um, But I also think Arizona is better than CU right now. I, I mean, that's just... They've played better. Uh, I think you know them being at home is going to help. Uh, I think that uh, they're still going to find uh, some ways to run the ball on this team. That uh, the CU defense does not stop the run at all. And uh, and Jacob Cowing and Jaden Delora are. You know, a matchup problem for the for the Buffs. I think it'll be a matchup problem for a lot of teams, honestly. Um, so I'll take the Wildcats, but I think it's going to be a closer game than than a lot of people expect. Uh, I'm going to go Arizona 34, Colorado 27 as a final score. And hey. If that if that's true, at least the Buffs cover the spread, right? So it'd be the first time they've done that this season. So uh, that's a wrap on this episode. I'm Brian Howell, the Buffs beat writer for the Boulder Daily Camera and Buffzone.com. Check out my coverage there as well. And thanks for tuning in to the Believe in the Colorado Buffaloes podcast, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network.